4: in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff. This is
2: Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. You wrote a book? Right off the (laughs) bat. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. That was Ken. Uh, Ken, how are you today? I'm good. Doing well. Uh, Matt, how are you?
5: One of these hosts has written a book.
2: It's like uh, an escape
4: room. Like, which one is it? Neil is the master of the Segway, uh, which Ken clearly has not
2: uh, <laughs> taken not up. Mastered.
4: But uh, why I'm don't, don't you tell us belt. a little bit about the Master of the Mullet, Neil?
2: Yes, uh, we have a very special guest we'll get to in just one second. But uh, Patrick today's... Swayze? <laughs> Unfortunately, not Patrick Swayze. Uh, we, we, couldn't, uh, we couldn't get him. But uh, today's episode is actually going to be uh, all Patrick Swayze-themed. And if you're listening, don't get worried. It's not You don't have to know anything about Patrick Swayze. I'm going to hopefully fill in some blanks. But um, today's episode is in honor of uh, my first book. It's going to be coming out next week, April 26th. So um, we're doing this episode just to let you know one more time about the book this week and next week. And if you can you know, pick up a copy, if you have the means, I'd really appreciate it. The uh, week before and the week of release are very important uh, to authors, and it'll help me hopefully get another book going. But, uh, yes, so the book is called Being Patrick Swayze. Essential Teachings from the Master of the Mullet. It's going to be released by Chronicle Books, uh, and it's my illustrated gift book and comedic love letter to the life and career of Patrick Swayze. And I told the guys this once before, the way I broke down the book is I broke Swayze's career into five elements that I call feng Shuizi. Uh, and those are tender strength, covering the versatility in his performances and balance of his skills, pure adrenaline, his dedication to his physicality and death-defying stunt work, Hungry Eyes, his effort, effortless sensuality in life and on screen, Peaceful Warrior, the philosophy behind his characters and their actions, and The Mullet, Legacy of the Man, the Myth, and the Mullet. So uh, there's games, trivia, quizzes, all that good stuff. Uh, really nice illustrations by Kyle Hilton. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys can pick it up. Uh, everyone everyone here in the studio picked a copy up, which I appreciate it. So thank you, guys. Yeah. Uh, but today's game is going to be all Swayze-themed. Uh, and we wanted to have a very special guest with us today to celebrate. Um, She is one of the stars of Trivial Warfare. Uh, She's the host with the most on foreplay. She's uh, one of our great friends. We're so lucky to call her a friend. She's a Patreon supporter uh, at the Oakland Five level. Carmela Smith, how are you?
0: Hello, everyone. I'm great. Um, Very excited uh, for you, especially, Neil, but very excited to be here. Um, Thanks for having me.
2: Of course. I know you've been uh, working on your martial arts to get up to Swayze speed for uh, for this episode, but for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with you uh, or who are, why don't you just uh, give us a little bit more background uh, for those who maybe don't know you?
0: Sure. I'm Carmella. I am one of the hosts of Trivial Warfare. It's a pub trivia style podcast, uh, kind of in the same vein of triviality. So if you like triviality, chances are that you'd like us as well. I'm also the host of a puzzle game show called Foreplay. It is a game of connections. Um, I actually am wrapping up season eight and I will be starting season nine in the spring. So by the time that this comes out, um, we'll be we'll be ready to go with season nine Mm -hmm. and I'm having a lot of fun there.
5: We should have had seasons. I feel like that's more impressive when you say it eight seasons, and we just not, we're still on season one, but episode like three hundred.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that, that is I, pretty I, impressive, though.
5: In yeah. fact, we're uh, we're about
4: a month out from our fifth anniversary wow. uh, at the time of release. So
0: that's amazing.
5: It, maybe we'll start season two then. Yes. Yeah. I also noticed that you
4: introduced her
1: as one of the stars of Trivial Warfare. So mm-hmm. can we also be referred to as stars
2: of triviality? The stars of triviality? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, There's we, four we of
0: we you. Love... There's four stars on the Chicago flag. It works.
2: Really? Oh, there you yeah. go. <laughs> that,
5: that's We're, a great We'll connection. work on that Photoshop. I, I call
2: <laughs> Fort Dearborn. Oh, yeah. What are the four stars? Oh, Fort boy. What
1: <laughs> <laughs> about <him laughs> the spot, Neil? The, the, the Bean. Uh, <laughs> Columbian <laughs> Exposition, <laughs> the World's Fair, Chicago building. Fire, Fort Dearborn. Fort Dearborn, <laughs> okay.
2: Uh, you know, that's, that was a great uh, connection there, though, Ken. But, yes, thank you so much, uh, Carmela, for being here. Congratulations on all those seasons. Thank you. I'm trying to figure out which season of ours we jump the shark in, because we probably have many times. Season one. Season, we're one. season one. <laughs> That's true. So right off the bat, we jump, we jump the shark. Um, so as I said, uh, today's game is going to be uh, Patrick Swayze-themed. Hopefully you'll, you'll learn some things, uh, but we need teams here. So I think Matt, you, and Jeff are going to team up today.
5: We are going to team up today. And what's your team name? What is our team name? Well,
2: today? in honor of Patrick Swayze
4: and, uh, you know, just kind of the – feelings of you know love in the 21st century we're going to be ghosted ghosted
1: and before you become a ghost you need to uh get your throat ripped out so we're going to be the throat (laughs) rippers
4: (laughs) (laughs) any of you who haven't seen roadhouse that is a roadhouse. (laughs) too. marshall
1: teague from roadhouse gets his throat ripped out
2: he does he does get his throat ripped out
1: and actually marshall teague uh wrote a review of your book so let's let's read this review really quick before we continue and then we'll get the rules how about that does that sounds
2: good. That sounds good because I feel like uh, I di- I don't want to talk about the book too much. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to talk wrote about it
1: the book too late. All right, so here's the quote from Marshall Teague, for all the fans that love the man and characters he's portrayed, being Patrick Swayze, essential teachings from the master of the mullet author Neil E. Fisher has taken a surprising, humorous approach with a slant for the unorthodox perspective of Patrick Swayze's life and career, and encaps- encapsulates the spirit of the man who lived life fully, whose impact crosses the generational boundaries, a good read that will leave you smiling and fondly remembering a Hollywood legend. Wow. How about that? That was a really nice quote.
2: Neely Fisher. And then after his throat
1: gets ripped out, then he can't say it anymore.
2: That's (laughs) why he wrote the review. (laughs) He didn't didn't say it. He could not say it. His last words. uh, And and speaking of the book, if you do (laughs) want (laughs) to... If you, uh, if you do want to order it, we'll have the link in the show notes. You can go to slash Swayze, all lowercase, or you can just go to Amazon, Target, Barnes Noble, bookshop.org, your indie bookstore around the corner. Everywhere is going to have it. So um, feel free to pick a book up there. And last thing I'll say at the beginning of the top, or at the top here, is uh, if you can't make it to a signing, I'm going to try and get some signings. Uh, you can email me at beingpatrickswayze at gmail.com. The publisher is giving me some book plates, and I'll sign them and personalize them for you, and I'll mail them to you, and you can put them inside your book.
4: Yeah, Neil doesn't go. want to talk about his book because he's too proud, and he feels like he's a shill, even though, you know, it's the thing mm-hmm. that he wrote, and we're not shilling for anyone but you, Neil. Oh. So, well,
2: thank you. I hate promoting for myself, but I appreciate you helping we'll, me out. we'll do it for you. Thank you. But first... All right. Well, let's get going. Um, So round one, question one. On August 18th, 1952, the world was forever changed when Patrick Swayze was born to his engineering draftsman father, Jesse, and his choreographer, dance instructor mother, Patsy. He was born in the fourth most populous city in the United States, for now, a city that Enron once called home, and a place Tom Hanks famously mentioned in 1995 or 1970, depending on who you ask. In what city was Swayze born?
5: I need more clues. We're
2: more locked in. It's currently
1: currently the fourth most populous currently. I know okay. that. Too. Okay, so I think I know two ways. Um, Tom Hanks, uh, you know, he's in space. He's trapped.
0: Famously in the, had uh, a problem
1: He had a problem, and mm-hmm. also Houston is just the fourth largest city, so we know that, right?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, mostly get it from the Tom Hanks angle, but it makes sense for for how big Houston is. So
1: all right, we're gonna say Houston.
5: The Astros used to play at Enron Field, which was in Houston. So we said Houston.
2: Uh, For right now, fourth most populous city in the United States. Uh, It's about to take over Chicago in the next five, ten years, maybe even sooner. (laughs) Uh, But the answer, Houston, Texas.
4: Well, we didn't change
2: second city when L.A. passed us, and we're not changing it now. (laughs) (laughs) So Houston, Texas, uh, where he was born, his mom owned a dance studio. is sort of the best in the south there. It's where he trained. Uh, He actually trained a couple famous actors uh, that we'll talk about later, but um, that's where he got all his training to go to Broadway and beyond. Let's move to question two. Swayze's first feature film was 1979's Skatetown, USA, but he first made real money, enough to buy himself a DeLorean, starring in the short-lived television series The Renegades. The song Renegade is famously performed by Styx, who are named after the river in the underworld where sea nymph Thetis bathed her child to make him invulnerable. Except she missed a spot. Who was her child? And five bonus points if you can tell me how many total rivers there are in the underworld.
5: Um, so they're locked in. This is this is Mr. Achilles, right? Could be. Oh yeah, because he got held by all, his. But, yeah. He was held by his
4: Achilles. Makes perfect Achilles, sense.
5: Achilles heel, yeah. possibly.
4: And uh, how many rivers? Um, I don't know. What's a good? For some reason, I thought three was my first. Well, the first three case.
5: rivers is you're thinking of Ohio.
4: Yes, maybe.
5: But the I mean, Allegheny. Uh, Sticks, Ohio, the other rivers. The underworld, hell. I mean, Ohio.
4: <laughs> you know what my version?
1: you know what my version of hell is? Huh? Listening to the band Sticks. <laughs> oh. Shout especially out to when you Ohio. have, especially when you have too much These time on your so, hands as well. Yeah.
2: Ken just uh, really hates the blue collar Hades
5: man. temperature takes over here from I Mr. KP. Hate sticks. We're gonna say three, right? Yeah, we're locked in with uh, Achilles and three. It's good.
1: I'm going to say um 4 just because and we we said Achilles. Um we you got sticks and then there's like three sections in the video games, so they're like, you know, sections of hell, so I'm going to go with 4.
2: Okay. Uh no bonus points awarded. Uh one team was close. Uh the answer for the question is Achilles. As Matt said, uh his mother put him into the river but was holding him by his heel, so his heel did not get the invulnerability. And uh, the answer for the rivers is five. Mm. It's the river Styx, the river Acheron, Acheron, the river Cossetus, the river Phlegathon, and the river Leth, or Laethe. How could I forget about the river Phlegathon? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Number three. In the film adaptation of S.E. Hinton's bestseller, The Outsiders, Swayze plays Ponyboy's older brother, Derry. Most of us remember the famous phrase, stay gold, Ponyboy, uttered by a young Ralph Macchio. But do you remember where this phrase actually comes from? In both the book and the film, Ponyboy recites a poem entitled Nothing Gold Can Stay. The poem, first published in the Yale Review in 1923, helped this poet win the Pulitzer Prize for Poetry in 1923 when it was part of a collection titled New Hampshire.
0: I'm trying to think if, if Thoreau was also a poet. I mean, he was from that area. He's from Massachusetts. Um, that's where, where Walden is. Um, it's close probably, to New Hampshire. probably had
1: time out there for writing poetry.
0: Yeah, true, Uh, and that is close to New Hampshire. I mean, that's probably going to be my most educated guess, but it's still probably not right.
1: I'm cool with it.
0: All right, we're going to say Thoreau.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
4: More known for being a New Yorker, uh, specifically Harlem, we just guessed Langston
2: Hughes. No points for either team, unfortunately. A shock. (laughs) Uh, The poet whose collection titled New Hampshire uh, won the Pulitzer Prize was Robert Frost.
1: Oh. Oh,
2: Yeah, Robert Frost. Uh, uh, and... The answer not Neil taken. is the
1: cruelest host. Cruelest host.
2: <laughs> and speaking of the outsiders, a little fun fact uh, with Swayze's gymnastic and dance background. Uh, if you remember right before the Rumble, they're all kind of jumping over fences, doing flips over the fences. Uh, he, he was teaching Tom Cruise and the other guys how to do some of those flips uh, for that sequence before they went to the Rumble.
1: And thus started Tom Cruise's uh, stunt career.
2: <laughs> Let's move on to question four. Last question dealt with the sunrise, and now we talk Red Dawn, where Swayze's character Jed Eckert helped a bunch of teens resist a Soviet invasion on American soil. Speaking of Soviet aggression, during a 1956 Melbourne Olympics, a match that became known as Blood in the Water was a water polo match between the USSR and this country, who were fighting for a victory at the Games amidst a revolution brewing at home.
5: Um, Not a
1: lot of water polo matches get a special name.
5: <laughs> yeah, surprise, Dookie. Maybe, maybe they need like <laughs>
2: they need like WWE entrance music. Floater from down under.
5: The yeah. <laughs> floater from down under. <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand, Australia, nineteen seventy-eight. Yeah, right? classic match. <laughs> God, I don't know. You you know more about geopolitics I, of nineteen fifty-six than I, I know. do.
4: That's. But, like, but I that know was on,
2: that was on Jeff's dating profile. Huge into the geopolitics <laughs> of, of, of nineteen fifty-six. Um, okay, I I have a nothing guess. Nothing gets me
1: going like the Soviet bloc.
5: Yeah. It
4: <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be the Soviet bloc. They just had to have a revolution at home. So. Hmm. So you're in. I uh, we're gonna take a guess.
1: All right. I was thinking Soviet bloc. Um, Makes the most maybe sense. Belarus or.
0: Yeah. Something som- like that. Somewhere in that area. Uh, Latvia, um, Estonia. It's way too late for the Spanish Civil War. Uh, do, do you
1: mind if I go with my gut of Belarus? Just because I don't think I can really reason any anything further.
0: Sure. Let's do that then. Belarus. And uh,
2: we're going to guess Cuba. Great guesses, uh, but unfortunately no points. The answer is Hungary.
4: Oh. 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 So the,
2: the match was named Blood on the Water after Hungarian player Irvin Zador emerged from the pool during the last two minutes of the match with blood pouring from his eye after being punched by a Soviet player.
0: <laughs> Ooh, ouch. <Whoa. laughs>
2: and uh, question number five, uh, Young Blood, the Swayze film, was my first exposure to Swayze. Uh, when my aunt would babysit me, I would watch the VHS over and over despite not knowing much about hockey.
1: And also it's like rated R. It's like a hard R. <laughs>
2: It's pretty hard, R. Uh, The film follows Dean Youngblood, played by Rob Lowe, who joins the Hamilton-Mustangs hockey team, led by Swayze's Derek Sutton. The Hamilton in question is a port city in Ontario, home to the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. What quarterback and perfect candidate for the Sports Illustrated Celestial Body Issue is the only player to be a member of both the Canadian and Pro Football Hall of
5: Fame? Uh, I'm pretty sure I know this one, so we're going to lock in.
1: All right, so sports is not my thing, but he did say uh celestial celestial body. Okay. So we're probably looking for the name of a planet or maybe moon or something like that.
0: There's Titan, Ganymede, Io, Callisto. Johnny. Yeah, but
1: this Johnny is, This is Neil we're talking about here. <laughs> I see and I thought so it was I don't think he's going to go as far as I thought as it was like, Dennis Pleiades.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't think he's going to go as far as that. So maybe the guy's name is just Moon.
0: Oh. The only moon I know is Keith Moon. Like Moon, but. Moon, <laughs> <laughs> Moon, Moon.
1: You go with Moon.
0: Sure, let's go. I, I can't moon. get it
1: from a sports angle, so it's yeah. just a guess. So,
4: well, uh, there was a specific Warren Moon who happened to play in the CFL and
5: the NFL. NFL.
1: Yeah,
4: is that what we went with, Matt?
5: That's what we went with. Not Jackie Moon from uh, was that Will Ferrell? I
1: read Neil like I read <laughs> Neil's book.
4: Oh, the uh, Jackie Moon was in. Um, the basketball one. Yeah. And I always forget the uh, semi-pro. Well, he said
5: Warren Moon.
2: All right. Well, uh, the clue I was going to give was he played for one Canadian team and four NFL teams, one of which relocated and rebranded, which would have been the Oilers to the, the Titans. Titans, and that was Warren Moon. One to both
0: teams. Moon Moon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I did it.
5: You don't know who Warren Moon is, correct? Absolutely not.
0: <laughs> yeah, this means nothing to me. <laughs> and
4: uh, after five questions, I got the scores here. It's 30 to 30, so dead heat. Cool. Dead even? I don't know what the expression is. Dead heat. That's what I
5: call it. <laughs> <laughs> the old phrase.
2: All right, let's move on to question six. It was the summer of 1963 when everybody called me baby and it didn't occur to me to mind. It was before Kennedy got shot, before the Beatles, when I wanted to join the Peace Corps and I didn't think I'd ever find a guy as great as my dad. Now, those aren't words from my diary of my own sexual awakening in the Catskills, but from Dirty Dancing, perhaps Swayze's most famous movie where he played Johnny Castle, a street-tough dance instructor with a heart of gold. Baby tells Johnny she was named after Frances Perkins, the first woman appointed to the U.S. Cabinet, to which Johnny replies, Frances, that's a real grown-up name. Perkins, sometimes referred to as the woman behind the New Deal, was the longest-serving secretary in what department? We can lock in.
5: All right. So
1: if uh, she was involved in the New Deal probably
0: she wouldn't have been one of the the bigger ones like state or anything like that yeah um interior
1: Interior. yeah that's what i would go with interior
0: yeah because the new
1: deal was all social programs pretty much so yeah
0: i don't think health and human services existed yet
1: so yeah let's go with the interior
0: okay
4: um and uh, you're definitely right about um, the purpose of the New Deal. Um, the Department of the Interior, I think, is more like national parks and stuff. We went with labor.
2: Francis Perkins was the Secretary of Labor. Very All good. Right. Good job. Great poll there.
1: Just couldn't put it together. It. <coughs> you didn't get what?
4: Siri
2: apparently didn't get it. Sir, Siri, Siri, uh, we get got that. it, but Siri. Didn't <laughs> Siri didn't get like it. that question,
1: <laughs> and neither did I.
2: <laughs> All right, what's next? All right, we'll move on to question seven. You hear the movie Roadhouse referenced on almost every episode of Triviality, and if you've been on the show, you know there's a giant poster of it behind our desk in the recording studio. The movie follows Swayze's character Dalton, a bouncer, as he tries to clean up a dive bar in Jasper, Missouri known as the Double Deuce. Speaking of Double Deuce, the number 22 (laughs) has been worn by some outstanding athletes throughout history. Two personal favorites of mine were in the NBA and the NFL. Name one of them after my clues, get 10 points. Name both, get an extra five. So here's athlete number one. He is the NFL's all-time leading rusher, whose accolades include three Lombardi trophies, a Super Bowl MVP, a 1993 MVP, and perhaps most notably, to non-football fans, a mirrorball trophy from winning season three of Dancing with the Stars. (laughs) Athlete number two is a 10-time NBA All-Star shooting guard who won a gold medal in 1992, a championship in 1995, and after 15 seasons, easily glided his way to the Hall of Fame in 2004. (laughs) Yeah, 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 we're good.
0: Sanders, was Barry Sanders on. I don't I'm know. Good with, I'm good with that. Okay. Um, and I for for basketball, I've I've got nothing.
1: You said glided, but I don't yeah. understand.
0: Let's
1: say Scotty Pippen. <laughs> yeah, not, sure.
0: Not why not. <laughs> He's thirty <33? laughs> three. Scotty
1: Pippen.
5: Pippen was thirty three. Yeah. yeah. Old Scotty the Glide. Pippen. <laughs> was
1: somebody called the Glide? Uh, we don't know. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell us you. Matt, tell us uh,
5: The football <laughs> player. I didn't know you were such a big Emmett Smith fan, but Emmett Smith. Oh. Uh, and then the basketball player would be Clyde the Glide Drexler.
2: Correct points. So the football player is Emmett Smith and Clyde the Glide Drexler. Not pers- personal favorites of mine who are, na- are number twenty two. Oh, yeah, very specific. Very specific. Right. He's got he's got favorites in each yeah. of the four sports at each of the numbers. Each of the numbers. Yeah. Yeah.
4: who's uh, your favorite seventy three of all? Ooh, who's your favorite twenty three in the NBA? <laughs> oh, that's a tough one.
5: LeBron James. Obviously.
2: Thank you. Oh, boo. Um, <laughs> Carmelo with a good guest though. Barry Sanders was a good guest. He unfortunately he never won a super uh, a Super Bowl, uh, even mm-hmm. though how great he was playing for Lions. the Lions. Yeah, but <laughs> top five running backs of all time. Top three really. All right, let's move top to. Two. Top two? Yeah, true. Uh, Let's move to number eight. Filmed in Chicago, 1989's Next of Kin saw Swayze as Truman Gates, great name, as an Appalachia raised Chicago cop avenging the death of his brother by the Chicago mob. In the film, his next of kin were Bill Paxton and Liam Neeson. But I want to ask you about my fictional next of kin on a family tree. For the most part, I've been like Karen and Gretchen and Mean Girls describing who Karen was kissing at the Halloween party. But thanks to social studies teacher Kevin Silberman on TikTok, I now understand how this works. So I'm going to ask all of you, if Patrick Swayze was my uncle, what would his grandson, Kenneth Jeffrey Matthew Swayze, be to me?
4: And um, I think we figured this one out, so I'm going to lock in.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of words. Um, I I have several of these, and I think it's a first cousin once removed.
0: That's what I wrote down, because the... Swayze's child would be your cousin and then their child's first cousin once removed. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. I have a couple of them too.
4: Um, An easy way that I like to remember this, since you brought it up, Ken, is you just count the G's. So your first cousin, you share grandfather and grandmother, right? So just one. Great grandparents that you share would be your second cousins and so on and so forth. And that's how it goes. And then the once removed has to do with uh, basically your level in the genealogy. So we agree. We said first cousin once removed
2: points to both teams the answer is first cousin once removed Mm -hmm. removed equals down a generation it's another way you can remember it so if kenneth jeffrey matthew had a son it would be my first cousin twice removed okay yeah there you go for all those family tree enthusiasts out there (laughs) (laughs) all two of you number nine one of swayze's most emotional roles was in 1990s ghost where he played sam wheat a murdered banker whose ghost attempts to protect his girlfriend from the person who murdered him no stranger to vengeful ghosts of murdered people, Shakespeare used this device in four plays. Name two of those plays for ten points, and five bonus points for all four. Just a note: there were ghosts in the play *Cymbeline*, but they were not murdered or vengeful. Yep, that's the two I've got. Good. You done? Yeah, done? We're done. Yeah, we're done. All right,
1: all right. So they're 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 good with two. Um, what Bonuses do you think, Carmela? First of all.
0: Um, I have Macbeth and Hamlet for two. Yeah, um, that's what
1: I was thinking. Um,
0: yeah. I'm trying to think of what the other two might be.
1: I can't say Maybe specifically. Maybe King Lear? Um, It'd probably be a tragedy, honestly. I read the cliff so... notes of King Lear, and I don't remember a ghost.
4: Why don't you just read King Lear?
1: Because the Cliff Notes are faster, and I just I was just I was in a classroom. The Cliff Notes were sitting there. I was like, "This will be good for trivia." Oh, okay. And Ken <laughs> this said, "This is uh, recent.
4: This wasn't like high <laughs> <I> school."
1: <laughs> Anyways, it. let's just lock in with the two.
0: Okay, so Hamlet and Macbeth.
5: Yeah. Oh, we went with something completely different and went with Macbeth and Hamlet, mm. and also gave up on the other two.
2: Clever. All right, well, well, no bonus points, but full points, ten points to both teams. So Hamlet has the ghost of his father macbeth has the ghost of banquo the other two plays julius caesar the ghost of julius caesar haunts brutus before battle mm-hmm. and richard the Third. it's mm-hmm. 11 of richard's victims haunt him mm-hmm. before well battle. it didn't
1: really help but at least i knew it wasn't king lear thanks to the cliff notes that's right or as you <laughs> call it
2: king lean because it was quicker
1: oh, isn't it cliff's notes
2: it is cliff's notes who is cliff by the way <laughs>
1: He's a guy who doesn't like to read. <laughs> yeah, I guess.
2: Although, although he, was, he, doesn't, he read. doesn't want other people reading. Yeah. I was going to say, oh, he has to read everything. Like He's a vengeful so. ghost too because
1: he <laughs> hates reading, so he doesn't want anybody
2: to read. That's true. Uh, and speaking of ghosts, uh, fun fact, uh, the idea for Ghost came to writer Bruce Joel Rubin after he watched a production of Hamlet. When the ghost of Hamlet's father asks him to avenge his murder, Rubin thought it would be interesting to expand on that concept for 20th century America, and thus the idea was born.
1: And you just uh, mentioned Bruce Joel Rubin, the uh, Oscar-winning screenwriter of Ghost. Uh, He actually also left your review, Neil. And uh, he says, As the writer of the movie Ghost, I knew that when Patrick first said, The love inside, you take it with you, he would change and uplift the world. No one could have said it better. We were all kinder and luckier because of him. This joyful book shows how one man can touch us all, and truly celebrates his remarkable life. And
4: mm. that one man who's touched us all is, is
2: Neil Fisher. No, yeah. is
1: Patrick Swayze. But <laughs> <laughs> Neil Fisher has uh, has projected projected that through the ages.
2: Yes, I haven't gotten close enough to touch everyone yet, but I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> COVID
5: really slowed you down. It did, yeah. We weren't allowed to for a little bit.
2: All right, well, we're going to go to the final question of round one. In 1991's Point Break, directed by future Oscar winner Catherine Bigelow, which is
1: what I think is Patrick Swayze's most emotional.
2: He gets pretty emotional there. He's a, he's a, he's a great... Uh, when
1: Johnny Utah shoots his gun up in the air and screams, ah.
2: That's right. I mean, they could have they should have been a couple, honestly, is what should have happened. Uh, Swayze played Bodhi, the charismatic Zen surfer guru who leads a gang of bank-robbing surfers known as the ex-presidents who wore rubber masks depicting the 36th, 37th, 39th, and 40th presidents of the United States. If Keanu Reeves' character, Johnny Utah, arrested each of the ex-presidents in order of their age, youngest to oldest, of when they were inaugurated, in what order would they have arrived to jail?
1: All right. So they're locked in. Um, I would say that probably Reagan was the oldest, right?
0: Yeah. um, That would probably be pretty good. They all feel just so old. Um. Yeah. reagan was probably on the older side carter was also probably on the older side but he's not actually he's pretty old now and he was present in the 70s so maybe he was on the younger side Um, all right so
1: let's say let's say johnson no let's say nixon was the youngest then johnson then carter then reagan
0: okay that works
1: so nixon johnson carter reagan
4: okay um so I'm, I feel like Nixon's on the older side, just because I know he was Eisenhower's VP. Um, so we went Carter, and then, shockingly, Johnson, Nixon,
2: Reagan. All right. So uh, in order of their age when they were inaugurated, the youngest was uh, the 39th president, Jimmy Carter, at 52 years old, 111 days. Next oldest, 36th president, Lyndon B. Johnson, at 55 years and 87 days, Then 37th president, Richard M. Nixon, at 56 years, 11 days. And lastly, 40th president, Ronald Reagan, at 69 years old, 348 days.
4: All right, 10 questions in. First round complete, and our scores look like this. 50 points for the Throat Rippers and 85 points for Ghosted.
5: Mm.
2: All right, you guys are doing pretty well. Uh, Before we get to the swing round, just wanted to uh, mention one more time that Carmella is a Patreon supporter of ours, which we uh, truly appreciate and uh, if you'd like to join her in supporting the show, helping us continue to grow, you can go to patreon.com slash triviality podcast. Uh, Jeff, uh, every month we do a Patreon bonus, which is more trivia focused, but then also a crop drop. Uh, what do you like about both of those uh, formats that we get to do uh, due to the thanks of our, our patrons?
4: Well, it's it's kind of like we are, Neil. It's uh, it's a little bit of left brain, a little bit of right brain, right? So we've got our serious, uh, it's still pretty relaxed, but we have a lot of fun with it. Our, our, you know, our regular trivia episode. And then on our our wackier side, we like to do a little bit of an AMA. Uh, You know, just throw us your questions. We're going to give our honest, off-the-cuff feedback, and Mm -hmm. it gets goofy, and sometimes Neil reads us his nightmares, and (laughs) it's a truly bizarre space for us to explore different aspects of our personalities. And Neil's psyche. if, uh, (laughs) If you're at all interested in either of those, you get them both if you support us on Patreon for at least the Oakland Five level or higher.
2: All right, well, uh, let's uh, get to the swing round here. Um, Today's swing round, I'm taking a portion of my book, actually. It's one of my favorite games from the book. It's called Swayze or Philosopher. Uh, The setup is simple. I'm going to read you a quote, and I want you to tell me, is it from a philosopher or is it a quote from a Swayze movie? All right, number one. If you push too hard at anything, you'll get the exact opposite of what you're trying for. Everything contains its opposite. Number two. The only way to make sense out of change is to plunge into it, move with it, and join the dance. Number three, with love and patience, nothing is impossible. Number four, if you want the ultimate, you've got to be willing to pay the ultimate price. It's not tragic to die doing what you love. Number five, you ask a philosopher a question, and after he or she talked for a bit, you don't understand your question anymore. Number six, Man is the only creature who refuses to be what he is. Number seven, believe in yourself, imagine good things, and moisturize. Number eight, you I remember don't... when Nietzsche said that. <laughs> number eight, you don't just stop living because you lose someone. Number nine, and those who were seen dancing were thought to be insane by those who could not hear the music. And number 10, I look in the mirror and all I see is a young old man with a dream.
5: These are
1: indeed... Suspiciously
5: difficult
2: I think I wrote Swayze for all of them Yeah.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Philosopher Swayze, it's a trick question
1: Well, he is a philosopher in many ways And Mm -hmm. um, before we uh, cut away We want to read one more uh, review here This is from uh, Melora Hardin Who was, uh, well, the quote speaks for itself But she played uh, Jan Levinson Gould No Gould? No Gould Um, She played Jan Levinson on The Office You might know her from that um, Patrick Swayze was my first jazz dance teacher He would pull up to the ballet studio On his motorcycle Tight jeans and leather jacket I'm
4: picturing it now
1: And all of us 13 year old girls Would giggle and secretly swoon
4: Some of us Patrick, who are 30 year old men do the same yeah. so.
1: Patrick was a great teacher and a lovely person I was shocked when he remembered me Years later when I danced at the Academy Awards He was presenting right after our number Said That was wonderful Malora. So great to see you out there dancing so beautifully. I reminded him that he had been my first jazz dance teacher and he smiled with pride. I always remember Patrick and his wife, Lisa, who was also a beautiful dancer and such kind souls. Um, Neil's book is such a wonderful and funny tribute to Patrick.
2: That's a very nice quote. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And speaking of quotes, uh, let's see how these teams will do. We'll give them a second. We'll be right back.
3: So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All the
2: answers are now locked in for the swing round. It is Swayze or Philosopher. So when you read the book, uh, there will be ten more clues because there's twenty total in the book. But I chose ten for today's contestants. So let's go through them. Number one: If you push too hard at anything, you'll get the exact opposite of what you're trying for. Everything contains its opposite.
1: Um, we said Swayze for the first one.
2: Yep. Since it can go either way, we said philosopher. The answer, it is Swayze, Mm. as Jack McCloud in 1995's Three Wishes. Number two, the only way to make sense out of change is to plunge into it, move with it, and join the dance.
0: Um, I think we went with philosopher with that one, right? Yeah. Philosopher.
4: And we went the other way, said Swayze. That one? (laughs) I a it theme. is a
5: philosopher. Oh, boy. Alan Watts. Well, we're going to kill these <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah, this trend is bad.
2: <laughs> Number three, with love and patience, nothing is impossible.
5: For this
1: one, we said Swayze.
2: We said Swayze. Philosopher. Oh, my God. Daisaku Ikeda. Number four, if you want the ultimate, you've got to be willing to pay the ultimate price. It's not tragic to die doing what you love.
1: That's got to be Swayze, right?
2: Well, it doesn't have to, uh, if we're right, because we guess philosopher. (laughs) This would be probably the most famous quote of Swayze as Bodhi in 1991's Point Break. (laughs) Number five, you ask a philosopher a question, and after he or she has talked for a bit, you don't understand your question anymore.
1: I think philosopher
2: for that one.
0: Yeah, philosopher. God, I hope so.
2: Philosopher. Finally. On the board. The quote is by Philippa Foote. Number six, man is the only creature. It's a philosopher that you
1: don't really care for, right?
2: No, I, it, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. That's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tarantino loves them. Tarantino loves Philip. A foot. <laughs> Number six, man is the only creature who refuses to be what he is.
0: We had philosopher. Has for that to be? One. Yeah.
2: And it is Albert Camus, philosopher. Oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. Number seven. This she one. Uh, Camus. It's uh, Albert, thank you. Oh, Albert
4: Camus. Um,
2: (laughs) This one, there was a lot of uh, back and forth on. Number seven, believe in yourself, imagine good things, and moisturize.
1: So I said Swayze right away, and Carmela said, it's a trick.
0: Yeah, it felt like a trick, because you know it sounds like something an actor would say, um, which maybe I I convinced Ken to say philosopher.
4: um,
2: You've been right when we go the other way. We said Swayze, so. The quote comes from the delightful... Character, Vita Bohem in To Wong Fu. Thanks for everything. Julie Newmar. Swayze.
0: Oh, well, of course. Of course a (laughs) drag queen would say that.
2: (laughs) Uh, Number eight. You don't just stop living because you lose someone.
1: That one we said Swayze.
2: Yeah, we figured it had to be Ghost. We said Swayze. And that is Daryl Derry Curtis, played by Swayze in The Outsiders, 1983. Number nine. And those who were seen dancing were thought to be insane by those who could not hear the music uh
1: philosopher yeah Yeah, it feels like
2: a plato nonsense thing we said philosopher and it is philosopher friedrich nietzsche
4: oh one of the other nonsense ones
2: (laughs) and uh (laughs) finally here number 10 i look in the mirror and all i see is a young old man with a dream
1: we said swayze
2: we said swayze and that is swayze singing lyrics from his song she's like the wind (sighs) all right impressive impressive swing
4: round from the throat rippers over there they went 8 out of 10 uh, to add 40 and come to a total of 90 points. Uh, Wasn't quite enough to catch us in the swing round, but I feel like they've got some good momentum to carry through. Uh, Matt and I over at the Ghosted have a total of 115.
1: We'll be ripping throats in the second (laughs) round.
5: Probably. (laughs) I don't know.
2: All right. Let's uh, let's go to round two. Question one. Swayze was an FAA licensed pilot who loved to fly his twin-engine monoplane made by a company founded in 1927 and based in Wichita, Kansas. What is the name of this famous aviation company known for their models, the Caravan, Skyhawk, and Skyline, that helped Wichita become the air capital of the world?
5: Whatever you want to go with. Yeah. More then. Okay. And that was a short question, too. Good job.
1: All right. So uh, airplane manufacturers, uh, I know Boeing, maybe uh, Cessna. Yeah could be Cessna. Because he's talking about a small plane. They're smaller plane.
0: planes. Yeah, there's going to be a smaller plane. So Boeing is definitely not going to be. Cessna is Boeing, the only small
1: plane thing. manufacturer I can think of. So let's say Cessna. Yeah. Shall we?
2: Yeah. That works for That's me. That's a heck of a guess.
5: Because mm-hmm, we went with the other one, Boeing, because I don't know anyone else.
2: <laughs> the answer is Cessna. Mm. Yes, yeah, Swayze had one. He'd fly a lot with his wife. They both had licenses, and they'd fly from their ranch to California back and forth. Good stuff like that. Uh, Number two, joining Oliver Platt's Paul Bunyan and Roger Aaron Brown's John Henry, Swayze roped his way into playing the legendary Pecos Bill and highlighting his real-life cowboy skills in Disney's Tall Tale. When it comes to facts, not legends, this muscle is the body's longest. Due to all four actions of the muscle being demonstrated in the cross-legged position, the name comes from the Latin for tailor and is known as the tailor's muscle since tailors once sat in this position.
5: Um, I don't know individual muscles. I have a I have a guess. All right,
2: based on on what he said, Matt likes to guess gluteus maximus. Anytime we get a question about muscles, it's the only muscle that matters. <laughs> do your squats, kids.
0: Oh.
1: Uh, so what, what it what it sounds like <laughs> he's talking about is a muscle that runs like all the way down your leg and possibly up into your yeah. back. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I do yoga, so I'm just trying to remember what the yoga guy says. All right. Uh, me and Carmel talked a little bit, and we can't really come up with anything good, so we're going to tap out on this one.
4: Got no knowledge here, but Neil said something about the four positions or something, so we figured quadriceps?
2: No points uh, uh. to either team. I see Carmela has an exercise ball behind her, so maybe um, she can look up some stretches for this muscle. Uh, I had to learn what it was for the question. It is the sartorius muscle, oh. longest muscle in the body where does that run and it does run down your leg uh, like carmelo was saying it runs from i believe your hip to your ankle or so it's long muscle
1: and did you find out about this muscle from uh pain that you've been experiencing
2: uh it it may have been in a webmd search Mm -hmm. uh question number three of round two the early 90s signaled a huge shift in the depiction of drag queens and queer stories 1995 saw the release of Too wong fu thanks for everything julie newmar starring Swayze, Wesley Snipes, and John Leguizamo playing three drag queens on a road trip who changed the lives of a small town. One year prior, in 1994, Australia released a similarly plotted film starring Guy Pearce, Hugo Weaving, and Terence Stamp, also on a road trip, but this time on a tour bus. Influencing both of these films was a 1990 groundbreaking documentary, not about French liberation in 1944, but the drag-ball culture of New York City and the African-American, Latino, gay, and transgender communities involved, Name the titer, title of the Australian film I just told you about or the 1990 documentary for 10 points.
0: I got both of them.
5: I have no idea. Um, um, it might be something that I've heard and I'll say, oh, when it comes up.
4: I know I haven't heard of the title of the Australian movie, although I definitely have to check it out now. And I am I did recently hear about the documentary, but I, I can't remember the title.
5: Yeah. So. Not like a John Waters piece or anything?
4: No, definitely not. Um, We (laughs) could just tap out, I guess. The double tap. Yeah. The double tap, yeah, in honor of the double deuce.
0: Um, So the the Australian movie is uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. It's a great movie. I highly recommend it. And the documentary, which I also highly recommend, is Paris is Burning.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, 15 points uh, to the Throat Rippers. That's correct. The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. great movie, and I believe they made it into a musical. And then, uh, yeah, Paris Mm -hmm. is Burning. Really, really influential documentary. A very important movie and a great one to check out if you can. All right, uh, number four of round two. In the book, I have a filmography pairing guide uh, which instructs you on what to eat and drink while you watch all of Swayze's movies. So if you need something to eat or drink and you're not sure what to do, especially for a movie you haven't seen, that'll help you out. For 1998's Black Dog, where Swayze portrays a truck driver named Jack Cruz who is manipulated into transporting illegal arms, I say in honor of his co-star Marvin Lee Aday that you should chew on some meatloaf while actor Meatloaf chews up the scenery. Speaking of Mr. Loaf, what is the title of his 1990, 1977 debut album that has sold over 43 million copies, is 14 times platinum, and is the best-selling al- album in Australia?
0: I know that one.
5: Mm-hmm. Big meatloaf guy, Jeff?
0: No.
2: Mm-hmm. What about the food?
0: No. <laughs> Still no. <laughs> no. Too much
1: ketchup.
4: Is this Bad Out of Hell? Was the, I know that was his big song, but That's I don't know the, if that was the album, too.
5: That sounds like a thing. It's meatloaf-related. Most of my meatloaf knowledge comes from Ketchup. this cameo in Spice oh, World. Huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: that's pretty great.
5: Yeah, I don't. I don't really know that much. Uh, Bad out of hell sounds good. We'll lock it in. Yeah,
1: yeah, that sounds good to me too. Is that what you had, Carmella?
0: Yep, that's what I wrote down. Uh, the album art is. Basically, it's supposed to be, I guess, him on a motorcycle flying out of hell. Um, Very subtle. Yeah, Bad out of hell very subtle album Album art and then and then there's bad out of hell 2 which came out in the 90s back into hell which it's it's him going in the other direction so electric boogaloo i believe yeah obviously
2: (laughs) uh yeah points to both teams it is bad out of hell uh for our australian listeners or for anyone really if you want to go on youtube uh meatloaf was the headliner for an afl grand final which is a footy's uh, super bowl basically and he did a performance where he is very very out of tune, and I feel bad for him but uh, if you can check it out it was it's a crazy video so just look up meatloaf afl grand final and you'll see what happened
5: <laughs> a very popular yeah. search i imagine
2: yes all right number five as jim cunningham a motivational speaker and secret creeper swayze subverted audience expectations with his performance in donnie darko the film deals with a lot of philosophical scientific and pseudoscientific theories one of which spider-man recently helped us understand in the film, the ominous elderly woman Roberta Sparrow wrote a book called The Philosophy of Time Travel. Chapter one dealt with this specific universe where abnormal and paranormal events transpire. It's a duplicate of the primary universe and is a universe that shares its name with a conver- conversational transgression or a straight line touching the outside of a circle at only one point. Yep. So those are just some clues to help you out with the name. A conversational transgression or a straight line touching the outside of a circle at only one point.
0: in. So I kind of get it from the circle that's going to be a a tangent mm-hmm. right
1: Yeah I kind of remember that from the from the movie as well
0: Yeah so tangent mm-hmm.
5: very popular on this show the tangent
0: Yeah not uh, a <laughs> <laughs> not kidding Yeah triviality uh lives in
2: the tangent universe points to both teams <laughs> That is correct Uh so yeah uh if you remember uh Roberta Sparrow was the the woman uh who kind of was creeping around that uh, Donnie Darko kept seeing. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a very long time for me as well, I actually. I don't feel
4: like it's going to be anywhere near as good as I no, used to think it was. It'll still be good. It's got Swayze in, it.
2: has Swayze in it. Here's a little fun fact, two fun facts for you. Seth Rogen's first movie, he's in the mm-hmm. crowd during the uh, presentation. Oh, no,
1: not just that, he's got a speaking part. He has he's a speaking like, uh,
2: part? Yeah. Um, and then um, Swayze's character, Jim Cunningham, as I said, he was sort of a creeper um, if you remember, if you haven't seen it, there are some videos, some sort of infomercials for his uh, his system, and they filmed on Swayze's ranch, and Swayze um, ha- used all of his own uh, old, outdated '80s clothing to make him look a lot more slimy. Nice, yeah, that's funny. All right, scores are all
4: tied up after the first five in round two, 135 points apiece.
2: Wow, wow, it's tied. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's see if we can break this tie up with question number six. 1114 is a Swayze movie that came out while I was working at Blockbuster and is an underrated indie thriller and neo noir with converging plot lines. It's pretty fun if you want to check it out. On 1114, 1960, this American civil rights activist was the first African American child to desegregate the all white William France Elementary School in Louisiana. Also, the subject of Norman Rockwell's painting, The Problem We All Live With, President Obama invited her to the White House to view this gem of a painting and told her, I think it's fair to say that if it hadn't been for you guys, I might not be here, and we wouldn't be looking at this together. I got it. Okay. Do you remember?
5: I know I could pick, I'm seeing the picture in my head. It's killing
4: me because there was a discussion about some, they wanted to ban, she has a like a child, a children's book that she Mm -hmm. wrote about her experiences with this, and I feel like some school district wanted to ban it recently.
5: I believe it. And. People want to ban everything. uh,
2: I heard they want to ban triviality for its uh, nonsense and lack of seriousness. But just sometimes we're boring.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Irrelevant information. Um, I don't. I don't know her name. Uh, I don't think it's going to come to me. In conclusion, we don't know.
4: After after suffering greatly trying to remember her name, we couldn't pull it. So we're just going to have to tap out.
0: All right. Well, let me put Jeff out of his misery. Um, Ruby Bridges, what you're looking for. Ruby Bridges Uh, is correct.
2: That was agonizing. Yeah, tried to throw a little hint in there with the gem of a painting. Um, But yeah, Ruby Bridges. Yep, she had a a book, as Jeff said, and uh, yeah, pretty crazy that it was 1960 that that happened. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, Everyone thinks that you know desegregation was so long ago, but I mean she's still alive, and you know it's not that long ago.
2: All right. Well, let's move on to. Uh, Question seven. In 2004, Swayze starred in George and the Dragon, loosely based on the legend of St. George and the Dragon. George may have fictitiously slayed the dragon, but the film was sadly never victorious at the box office. However, a much more successful adaptation of this legend, St. George Killing the Dragon, was a marble stiacciato relief sculpture by what 15th century Florentine sculptor who wasn't much of an inventor until his much later testudinese phase in New York City? Comfortable enough to lock it in?
0: Yeah, I think so. Okay. If you, if you trust me, Ken.
2: Sure. My
4: thought was it was a ninja turtle.
5: Yeah. It's
4: always a ninja turtle.
5: Yeah. And I know that we think of him as an inventor, but I think Da Vinci did a lot of oh. sculpting when he started.
4: That was Leonardo. Yeah. I'm having a very off day. <laughs> yeah, I'm good with that.
5: Okay. <laughs> da Vinci. So, so we're,
4: Hey, Leonardo.
1: We
5: cra- <laughs> <laughs> We cracked the code, and we're going with Da Vinci. Oh, my
0: God. I, I did not go with Da Vinci. Um, if if he's wasn't really an inventor until his time in New York, that would have been the the smartest turtle, Donatello. Mm. Uh, so that's what I went with.
2: He does machines. Points to one team. Uh, Carmela got my clues right away. It is Donatello. Oh. Yeah, he does machines. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> and uh, for the folks at home, testudines is just the uh, the word for a turtle for the turtle family. Oh yeah. So, if anyone's really into turtles, they would have gotten that one right away. I
5: like turtles. <laughs> Me too,
2: Matt. Me too. All right. Uh, number eight. Keeping Mum is a British dark comedy and lesser known Swayze Flick where he plays a horn dog golf instructor wearing a thong at one point who flirts with <laughs> the vicar's wife in a small Cornish village. Many of the village's problems are solved by an elderly housekeeper with a flair for murder. If this story took place in fictional St. Mary Mead, the murders would be solved quickly by the intuitive deductions of what elderly spinster and Agatha Christie amateur sleuth. You
5: know, loves his Agatha Christie.
2: Mm-hmm. I do. I read about one Agatha Christie book a week. Uh, kind of, <laughs> you know, get me uh, get my emotions down at the end of the night. I kind of relax with them.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I read about murder.
4: Okay. Oh, is that what you read about?
5: <laughs> do you do you know any of these characters?
4: The only Agatha Christie character I know, I don't believe, is the correct answer here.
5: I got to read some books. Um,
4: we started that five years ago when we started this podcast. Oh, yeah. Why
5: change now? <laughs>
4: <laughs> we haven't done it yet.
5: Good point.
0: I think, I mean, there, there are two main de- detective kind of um, Agatha Christie characters. There's Perot, mm-hmm. who's a man, mm-hmm. and then there's Miss Marple. So I'm pretty sure That's this right. is probably going to be Miss Marple.
4: Yeah. Sounds like a good answer. Mm-hmm. We
5: said Perot, Encyclopedia <laughs> Brown.
2: Oh. <laughs> Calling uh, Saint Mary Mead home, uh, the elderly spinster herself, Miss Marple is the correct Marple. answer.
1: It's kind of like Murder She Wrote.
2: <laughs> Mur- murder She Wrote is basically yeah, sort of a an adaptation. Yeah. of Miss Marple, yeah, yeah. Miss Marple uh, is you know in between knitting and and whatnot uses town gossip and her own interviews with people to uh, unbeknownst to anyone else figure out the the clues in the murder before the police usually, uh, and she's very smart with her deductions. Sometimes tr- laying traps for the criminals, which is really funny. Okay. Killing them. She she, she, she kills them in cold blood (laughs) herself. Judge, jury, and execution. (laughs) Right. She's the original Dexter. (laughs) Death Wish is based on Miss (laughs) Marple. It's a more
0: extreme Home Alone. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh.
2: All right, uh, number nine. In 2007, towards the end of his life and career, Swayze took a different direction, back to his roots in the theater, to perform the role of Nathan Detroit in a production of Guys and Dolls, That was staged at the Piccadilly Theater in London's Broadway equivalent, known as what? Okay, these guys
1: are locked in. Is it the West End?
0: I think it's the West End. Yeah. So that's usually what I hear in reference to British theater is West End. So
2: We're going with that. West End boys and East End girls. Um, We said West End as well. Yep. If you're not in New York on Broadway, the next best place you can be is in the West End in London. Points to both teams. All right, well, we're at question 10 here at the end of the second round. I think the scores are still pretty close, so we're going to see what happens after this question. During one of the most famous SNL sketches of all time, Patrick Swayze and Chris Farley work their butts off to become a Chippendales dancer. What song, with the opening lyrics, everyone's watching to see what you will do, is playing in the background while Swayze and Farley dance Duel It Out? I know,
4: man.
1: Oh, so these guys are in? I actually have no idea. I can picture it, but I can't I hear I think it. I've
5: seen the gif more than I've heard yeah, the song. Yeah, I can or...
0: see the gif in my head, and of course there's no music. Um, I'm trying to parse it out from the lyrics. It's
1: a tangerine speedo. <laughs> <It's never laughs> Sadly tangerine not. Speedo. We don't have enough tangerine speedo. Speaking, of, uh, bowling for soup, tangerine Speaking speedo, of Bowling for Soup. We don't have enough tangerine speedo. Speaking of Bowling for Soup. We don't have enough tangerine speedo questions on the podcast. I
5: tell you, that karaoke place had 10 Bowling for Soup songs. Wow. <laughs> why oh
0: yeah i saw that <laughs>
5: who's that for you i guess for me
0: <laughs> i don't know this all right we're
5: out
4: uh matt i think this is everyone's everybody's working for the weekend mm-hmm. so
2: that's what we said all right the lyric everyone's watching oh. to see what you will do yep that's working for the weekend by Loverboy. boy yep lover boy Which points to ghosted
0: makes sense
4: all right, so it was uh, quite a round um, we had there. We only had a twenty points, Matt. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring bringing Team Ghosted up to one fifty five. But going into this final round with a very impressive one seventy five, that would be the team at the Throat Rippers. Ooh,
1: very nice. And we're excited to wager the points. But uh, before we get the categories, let's read one more review here from thomas lennon who you he's an author and a screenwriter and an actor but you probably recognize him from reno 911 and countless uh, smaller comedy roles i would say mm-hmm. and uh, he says i was recently watching dirty dancing with my son i would intermittently pause the film turn to him and say when i'm in doubt when in doubt be like patrick swayze swayze was both a lion and a lion cub at the same time neil e fisher's wonderful book is a fun read and a great way to remember that there used to be a more complicated kind of man. Dare I say, a real man. A man called Patrick Swayze. Neil E. Fisher's book is a delight to read. A must-have for any serious Swayze fan's library.
2: Mm. Uh, well, yeah. Thank you for reading that, Ken. Thank you to uh, Thomas Lennon. Maybe one day we'll get him on the show. I don't know. I'll t- will it in existence or just stop or you know, keep emailing him until he says yes. That would be lovely. <laughs> We'd love that. Uh, all right. So the, the scores are pretty close. So I'm going to give you the final round categories here. Uh, Category one is Swayze in hip-hop. Category number two, North and South. Category three, The Beast. Category four, Swayze and Disney. Category number five, Being Patrick Swayze.
1: All right, all the waiters are now locked in, so let's get the questions.
2: All right, question one in the category of Swayze and hip-hop. Swayze's performance in Ghost had a surprising influence on the hip-hop world as the term Swayze or Ghost Like Swayze has since been used in countless rhymes by artists like Tupac, Jay-Z, The Notorious B.I.G., and even The Lonely Island on their SNL digital short masterpiece, Lazy Sunday. Later in life, Swayze embraced his popularity in hip-hop by appearing in the music video for Murder Reigns by this artist whose name was spelled out by J.Lo in 2001 and is a favorite of con artist Billy Fire McFarland. Question number two. North and South. North and South, a successful television miniseries in the 80s, followed the friendship between a Northern and Southern soldier during the Civil War who became best friends while attending West Point, but later found themselves on opposite sides. The Northern soldier was from Pennsylvania. Swayze played Ori Maine, the Southern soldier, whose family was from this state, where eating its official snack of boiled peanuts is almost as beloved as the official state tree, the sable palmetto, which graces its flag. Number 3. The Beast In 2009, Swayze's last project was the television show The Beast, which he filmed in Chicago while undergoing chemotherapy for his pancreatic cancer. The show is about an unorthodox FBI agent who tows the line between right and wrong, and not about this enormous legendary beast and bird of prey that exists in popular mythology of the Middle East, including appearances in Sinbad the Sailor. The Beast may have had the drive and power to stay hungry and devour, but I doubt that it ever sang, you're welcome, while carrying off creatures as large as an elephant. Number 4. Swayze and Disney Swayze's first professional gig was performing as none other than Prince Charming in 1972 for the Disney on Parade tour. The modern era sees Prince Charming as either a stock fairy tale character saving damsels in distress, or a term for the perfect suitor for love. But as we know, the most famous iteration is Prince Charming and Disney's Cinderella from 1950. Most people don't realize that he actually had a name. Do you remember it? If not, ask Seinfeld character Sue Ellen Mischke as she was an heiress to a company sharing his name. And number five, Being Patrick Swayze. One of my favorite shows recently, thanks to Julia of Misinformation, is a quiz show called I Literally Just Told You, hosted by Jimmy Carr. Four contestants are quizzed on some general knowledge questions to bank money, but the majority of questions are written live about the facts and events that have taken place during the actual episode. Everyone should check it out on YouTube. As for the question, at the beginning of this episode, I told you that for my book, I divided Swayze's life and career into a set of teachings known as Fung Swayze, which is divided into five two-word Swayzean elements. To get your wagered points, name any two of the elements I mentioned creating for the book.
5: That's cool. How dare you make me remember something.
2: Cool.
4: I appreciate it. All
1: right. Let's um, mull these over, and we'll be right back. I'm
4: Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world
2: as China.
4: Plus, my pal and noted China historian, Rana Mitter, joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back
5: together. Faceoff launches April 9th.
3: Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: All right. It looks like all of the answers are locked in. I actually had a really fun time listening to Team Throat Rippers uh, go through some of these questions because uh, it made me... Feel like I actually still know how to write questions, even though I get uh, beaten down by everyone for how long they are with all my clues. But it made me feel good, and I won't uh, hurt myself later. Before, uh, as, a,
0: as, a, as an extreme clue writer, uh, I sympathize, <laughs> and uh, you're doing great. Neil. Oh well, thank you. Well, I appreciate
2: your clues all the time. I think you're a wonderful question writer as well. Thank you. Uh, before you read the
1: questions again, we give our answers. We got one more quote here from Stacy Weidlet. Uh, Stacy Weidlitz, Yep. Yeah. Uh, composer for.
2: Uh, she's She's like the wind with Swayze
1: yep with Swayze Uh, and this is a little bit more of an emotional quote so I just wanted to uh, say it now and then we can continue having some fun Uh, reading Neil E. Fisher's book brought back a lot of fun and poignant memories for me I'm proud that the song Buddy and I created she's like the wind still lives on and that our names will forever be together Buddy was a great friend and I miss him terribly
2: yeah, very, uh, very nice quote from him. Uh, Yeah, that song went to um, number three on the Billboard uh 100. So it was uh, pretty cool So popular. Swayze sang that? He sang it and co-wrote it with him, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And actually, he was trying to get that song made for years and years, even on the Outsider set uh, with his demo tape, and finally it was put into the soundtrack of Dirty Dancing when they needed a song for a montage. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, question one was Swayze and hip-hop. Basically, I wanted to know, um, whose music video did Swayze appear in? Uh, it was called Murder Reigns, and the artist spelled uh, had his name spelled out by J-Lo in 2001 and was a favorite of con artist Billy Fire McFarland.
1: So uh, for 25 points all the way down, for to start with, we said Ja Rule.
5: Uh, yep. We wagered 30 on this, and I think I told this story before I remember hearing the song and thinking that J-Lo was asking him if he was Ellie. Uh, She says R-U-L-E, Ja Rule.
2: And I had the exact same uh, story myself, always thinking it was Ellie. It is Ja Rule. And I don't think Billy McFarland's nickname is Fire, but that was just for you guys for the Fire Festival (laughs) disaster. (laughs) All right, number two uh, in North and South. I was looking for the state that calls boiled peanuts its official snack and has the sable palmetto as its official tree and on its flag.
1: So uh, I think Carmela knew this outright. I knew it because um, uh, Stephen Colbert introduced boiled peanuts to the guys on the Friendship Onion podcast. That's uh, mm. Billy Boyd and Dominic Monaghan, who played uh, Pippin and Mary in Lord of the Rings. And uh, I think we agreed on South Carolina, yeah?
0: Yeah. If you never had boiled peanuts, I uh, I recommend them. It might just be like a Southern thing, but I I think they're great. <laughs> so...
4: Um, yeah, uh, we kind of just straight knew
2: it from the Palmetto State. We said South Carolina. Points to both teams. All right, number three, uh, the beast. This one was the most fun to hear deliberations for. I'm uh, looking for a Middle East uh, mythological beast that existed uh, in stories like Sinbad the Sailor. I said it uh, may have had the drive and power to stay hungry and devour, but I doubt it ever saying you're welcome. What is the name of that beast?
1: Yeah, so we're going off a of pure fantasy knowledge at first. And then we realized he's talking about Maui from Moana with the quotes and The Rock plays Maui and the uh, mythical beast is The Rock. Yeah. ROC, I believe.
4: Yep. Uh, I remember seeing in uh, version 3.5 of the Dungeons and Dragons monster manual a very large white bird. Nerd. Which had a <laughs> uh, a dolphin in its talons to,
2: to for scale. And uh, that was The Rock. ROC. So uh, the drive and the power to stay hungry and devour was sort of a meme for a while because that was The Rock's uh, rap verse on Face Off, Tech 9. Uh, and you're welcome. Yep, uh, Maui played by The Rock, ROC. That is the correct answer. Points to both teams. Mm-hmm. All right, number four, Swayze and Disney. I was basically just asking you, uh, what is Prince Charming's actual name from Cinderella in 1950? He normally doesn't go by it, but he does have a name.
1: Yeah, again, for 25 points, not too sure on this one, but something... <laughs> Deep inside me wanted to say Humphrey, so we just said Humphrey.
5: We wagered 30 on this, and if my Seinfeld memory tells me Sumitsky was a uh, heiress to the O. Henry candy bar, so we said Henry. Points
2: to Ghosted. It is Prince oh. Henry. You were close, Ken, with the H there. The tide was, has turned. I was holding out for Humperdink. <laughs> <laughs> the tide
1: has turned against us.
0: Uh, No.
2: (laughs) And the the final question in the category being Patrick Swayze, uh, one of my favorite shows I've discovered is called I Literally Just Told You, hosted by Jimmy Carr. You can find all six episodes of the first series on YouTube. Uh, Basically, like I said, they write questions live during the episode on top of normal questions. And I just wanted to know, can you name any two of the five-word Swayzean elements for Fung Swayze that I mentioned at the beginning of the show that are in my book?
1: Uh, Carmella had this right off the bat. Good memory.
0: Yeah. Uh, So I put... uh Pure Adrenaline, which I believe is the second category, and Peaceful Warrior, which I believe is like the fourth or fifth one.
4: Wonderful. How many points do we have on this one, Matt? 20. And um, we had the mullet, because you can't not go the mullet, and uh, I've been
2: singing it in my head all day. Um, good thing. Uh, helped me to remember Hungry Eyes. Points for everyone. Uh, the five were Tender Strength, Pure Adrenaline, Hungry Eyes, Peaceful Warrior, and the mullet. All right, it all came down to that
4: final round. There were some blows being thrown back and forth. Um, but much like Patrick Swayze, we were being nice the whole time because it wasn't yet time to not be nice. Um, the scores, though, in the final round ended up with 250 points uh, for the Throat Rippers. And today's cream of the crop, Team Ghosted, 285.
0: The
3: cream of the crop, nobody does it better. You
1: you blocked my throat rip. (laughs) (laughs) Throat rip throaters is our new name. I tried to rip Jeff's throat, but he put his (laughs) hand up by his throat. I couldn't get past it. Mm. Great job.
2: He's wearing a
4: scarf. (laughs) (laughs) It was a chilly day. It prevents all
2: throat ripping. Yeah, great job, guys. I was hoping um, everyone would enjoy the questions and some of the clues, learning a little bit about Swayze, but more more so about trivia. Mm -hmm. And a little bit
5: about love. A
2: little and, bit about love. In ourselves,
5: to be honest. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, I feel like a new man.
2: <laughs> basically, yeah. So if if you can, um, if you've enjoyed uh, some of the content that uh, we've given over the past few years or and some of my bad jokes and impressions and whatnot, if you wouldn't mind picking up a copy uh, this week or the week of release, which is next week, that'd be um, very appreciated by me. You can go to uh, TrivialePodcast.com slash Swayze, S-W-A-Y-Z-E. I'll put some links there. But otherwise, you can just go anywhere, Amazon, Bookshop.org, Target, Barnes & Noble, pick up the book. And if you'd like a signed copy, um, just email me at beingpatrickswayze at gmail.com. I'll send a book plate. Um, and I appreciate all support from all of our listeners and friends. Support your
4: local bookstore and Neil Fisher at the same time. Neil That's right. Neil E. Fisher.
2: Neely Fisher. Neil E. Fisher, which no one knows this, but uh, there was a producer in Hollywood named Neil Fisher, same spelling, and I kept getting emails about movies he produced and had to pretend it was it was me. Uh, and I was just getting sick of it. So I said, I'm just gonna throw my initial in the middle. So, well, Yeah.
0: Anytime anyone asks you what the E stands for, just give them a different answer. every time. <laughs> like never wait. The E actually stands for just something completely different. I
2: love,
1: I love that idea. <laughs> well, Carmela, thank you for joining us so much. Uh, we always love having you on the show. Uh, any thank parting for words me. for today?
0: Um, no, I had a lot of fun, uh, talking about Patrick Swayze and hanging out with all of y'all. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm on a couple different podcasts, Trivial Warfare and Foreplay. You can check those out on any of your local podcatchers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I occasionally shout into the void on Twitter. You can find mm-hmm. me there at TWA First Lady. Mm-hmm.
2: All right. Well, we, we can't wait until the next time we can all hang out together in person again, Carmela, because you bring mm-hmm. uh, such a light to every room you enter. And we're so lucky to call you a friend. So thank you for spending some oh, time with you. us today. Oh, of course. Bring um, a big old mm-hmm.
5: bucket of boiled peanuts next time. Bring we'll some be- boiled
2: peanuts.
0: <laughs> don't tempt me. <laughs>
2: I'll, I'll try them again. Yeah. I, I don't think I liked them last time, but I would give them a go. Uh, so support Carmela and all her endeavors. Uh, and uh, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for uh, giving me some time to talk about my book and these crazy long questions with all the clues um, for Ken, Jeff, Matt, Carmela. My name is Neil and that was Triviality. two this is a ride it is yeah just don't don't make any notes until you hear renegade All right.
4: every single question on this page is
2: a paragraph i know i know it's
5: a classic meal.
2: <laughs> i tried to make them short too
5: <laughs> this is the cliff notes the that's first question get, was really editors.
3: short <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs>